Okay, we've been talking um, about calling and, and there's a great preacher called Charles Spurgeon and he said this, it is at the beginning of every gracious purpose that men have the most fear, even as these people who had newly begun to build. For when the Holy Spirit begins to strive with a man to lead him to Jesus, he is apt to say, I cannot, I dare not, it is impossible, how can I believe and live? Charles Spurgeon here is referring to us actually inviting Christ into our life. And that usually is the first step where we're called to God into his family. And it's scary. The question from the people was, well, how can I do this? Can I believe this? It's impossible. How can I believe and live? And God calls us that way, doesn't he? Two things that we think are impossible. And each one of us is called to something. As we've been talking about, the, the heart of, of God is to bring us into his family and to call us into something. And what we looked at is how that happens. How does God call the heart attitude that we need to have and understanding that we can be happy and content right where we are doing what we're doing when we invite God into our everyday life. God is there. And we're not all necessarily called to some huge major ministry, some big thing, but some of you here are. There is no doubt about it that God has a call for some people here to do something that we on earth would think is amazing. But then we looked at how we link in with that, that even though maybe some people are seen to be doing good, there's people who are linked in. So Ananias with Paul and he went to pray and he could see again where someone has got the heart of God and passed it on to someone else and they've grabbed hold of it. We thought about Billy Graham. Who was it that preached to the preacher that preached to him that then was set, setting a worldwide ministry alive that saved millions, literally millions of people? And that's the first call on our life, isn't it? That call to salvation. And even that sometimes is racked with fear. What is it that I've got to give to you, God? Can this really be true? Can I really believe in Jesus Christ and live? And so we go through life this way as Christians every single day. Can this really be true? Can you really be calling me to something? Can I really hear you, God? But each one of us has a gracious purpose given by God to us. Each one of us. And the question is this today, how do we hear it? What are the different ways that we can hear this call? Now, I'd love to be able to say it's just simple. And it sort of is, but sort of isn't. Because as you keep growing in, in your Christian walk, you will hear God's voice more clearly all the time. You will. But it's a matter of continuing to grow, continuing to, to have a conversational relationship with God. And we want the call that we have and we need to understand it that it's a divine revelation. We are not able to understand God without his spirit coming to us. When we got saved, when we became Christians, we got saved only because God was gracious enough to re reveal himself to us through the Holy Spirit at work in our life. Nothing that we've done. And as the spirit leads us, we're going to step out of uncertain futures so Maybe some here today are going, you know, my future's not certain. I don't know what to do. I'm confused. I'm, I'm worried about where I could go. But 
as the Spirit leads us, we will step out of those uncertain futures and uncertain times that we think are ahead and we will start to step out with confidence knowing this, that I can hear God. He wants to talk to me and when he needs me, he will call. So we want to know how does the Spirit reveal God to us. And you know what? God wants us to grow up into mature Christians, to people who know and understand his voice. And sometimes we are so desperate to hear this voice that we become confused. It's like, God, I need a word from you every single day, every single moment of my life. I need a word from you. What do I have for breakfast? What's my decision in the marriage today? What is it, God, that you want me to do? And, and we often get almost overwhelmed with thinking we need to know what God wants us to do every single second of the day. But can I tell you this, that God wants you to grow into maturity. He wants you to be able to make decisions for yourself based on how the Spirit of God has already spoken to you, how he continues to speak to you, and how he will speak to you. Imagine a child. When you, when you first have a child, there's all these instructions, isn't there? This is how you do this, this is how you do that, this is how you do that. Imagine right now my mum and dad coming to me, Neil, this is how you tie your shoelace. Should I tie my shoelace, mum and dad? Mum and dad, should I have my drink now? Mum and dad, what's the decision I should make here? God wants us to grow into mature people that understand that we can hear his voice, every one of us. Just going to look at a, a story in Matthew chapter ch chapter 16, not chapter chapter, chapter 16. And we're looking at verse 13 to 17. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. This is just after Jesus had been speaking to the Pharisees and he'd been rebuking them because they had such an understanding of natural things. They'd look at the sky and say, red sky at night, shepherd's delight, red sky in the morning, shepherd's warning. In other words, he said, you can read the weather. You look at the sky and you're seeing this, it's all red and you know that tomorrow there's going to be a storm. Sorry, it's going to be nice. But in the morning, you're like, there's going to be a storm today. So he was speaking to them and rebuking them because they, they didn't see the spiritual things. They were being aware of natural things, but they didn't understand who God really was. And then Peter now speaks a truth that Jesus was just so happy to hear, that Jesus, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of the living God. And why was Jesus excited? Because he said, you didn't get that from your own natural reason, from your own human thinking, but my spirit has revealed this to you. My Father in heaven has revealed this to you. And we need to understand that as, as people of Christ, that we are spiritual people, each one of you. Now, I don't mean spiritual in terms of the world. So if I said that person's a spiritual person, you might think, oh, wow, they, they have crystals, they have dream catchers, they're, they're aware of the spiritual things. I'm talking about God's Holy Spirit, spiritual people. 
Because any other spiritual thing is false. It could even be demonic, but it's certainly not God. And it's like us saying, yes, we agree with your Holy Spirit, God. And each one of us, God wants to reveal things to us. He wants to reveal God to us. The Holy Spirit is there ready to reveal things that are to come, to comfort us and to bring things up to our remembrance. And it's not so much our reason that will help us hear from God as much as our receptivity and our readiness to hear God through revelation knowledge. Some of you sitting here today will think, well, that's not me. I'm not Christian enough. I'm not godly enough. I'm not holy enough. Who here was holy enough before God said, I sent my son to you and you believed that day? I have a feeling that none of you was. In fact, it's not a feeling. It's a truth, isn't it? The only reason that you became a Christian was a divine revelation from the Holy Spirit that your sins needed to be forgiven. It was only through a divine revelation that you heard that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and your spirit came alive and said, I need that. It was only a divine revelation. Your human reasoning didn't lead you to Christ, but his Holy Spirit did. And you might think that you're not a spiritual person, but I'm telling you right now, that is a false False thing that is being said to you and it's a lie from the enemy so that you don't walk into the life and the love and the hope that Jesus Christ has for you. Do not think for a minute that you are deaf to the Spirit. You're not. You choose to be maybe not listening. But you are a spiritual person. Why? Because that same Spirit that... that um, gave you an understanding that you needed salvation, now keeps you in salvation. The Holy Spirit living inside of you. And we've looked before how the Holy Spirit talks to our spirit and he tells us that we're the sons and daughters of God. The Holy Spirit joined with where your spirit. This is so important. Because as hopeless as you feel, as, as deaf as you feel, you are not meant to be and not destined to be that way. You are meant to have your ears opened to the Spirit because the Spirit wants to talk to you and reveal God to you and reveal your call and other things. So what are we going to remember about that? Firstly, you need to understand you are a spiritual person. I can't stress this enough because as soon as you think you're not, you're not going to hear God. Even though you can, you're not going to. You've excused yourself and said it's impossible. Going back to what Spurgeon said, when we start a venture, we start out in fear and it's the same with hearing the, hearing the, word, hearing the voice of God. It's exactly the same. Can I? Is it possible? Can I possibly dare to hear God? Is this something that's available to me? I'm here to tell you, yes, it is. Absolutely. God promised it. The other thing we've got to talk about is God talks to us in various ways. There's lots of different ways that God talks to us and we're going to talk about a few of those today. It's not going to be a deep, this is how you understand everything about it because I, I know from my own experience that it grows. There's times when God's spirit speaks to me so clearly. There's times when my conscience is speaking to me. Times when I've had dreams. Times when I've had visions. Haven't seen an angel yet. If I do, great. If I don't, great as well. 
But we need to understand why God speaks to us. It's not just for our own safety or comfort or sense of being righteous. And sometimes that's what it's like. You know, you see Christians, it's like they're looking for the next palm reader. There's a prophet coming to town. I must go and see them. I must get my next word, my next step. This is what God wants me to do. Prophecy is amazing, but it's meant to confirm things that you know or build on what you already have. And we need to understand that that in the old days God spoke through the prophets, but now he speaks through his spirit. Yes, there are prophets still. And it's part of how God talks to us. But we don't want to be Christians that are going running around looking for that palm reader, the next tea leaf, what comes to town. It's just like going to see a spiritualist. Can you show me my future? Because we're desperate to read the next thing that's to come and that's a good way to be deceived and misled. And we develop this by understanding that God wants a conversational type relationship with us. You see it with Moses. We, we looked at a story last week where Moses is dialoguing with, with God. Uh, Abraham did the same thing even this morning as, as that was being read. Jacob, the disciples, people throughout history have been talking with God. When we can understand that, that relationship with the Father, it's not a robotic thing. It's not like, you know, a one-way conversation with God where either I'm demanding something or he's trying to listen, or I'm trying to listen to him. But we're invited to this meaningful cooperation with him. It's meaningful. Moses stopped the whole nation of Israel being destroyed because he conversed with God. They were just being rebellious and stubborn, and God said, Moses, I'm going to make a new nation out of you, I'm going to destroy all them. And Moses stood in the gap and he said no. Moses dared to say no to God. Abraham bargained with God over the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He, he, he bargained with God if there's 100 righteous, if there's 80, 60, whatever the numbers were, down to 10, I think it was. If there's 10 righteous, don't destroy it. But he had this conversation with God and that's what we need to understand with prayer. You are able to go into that type of conversation with him. No, you can't boss God around. But you need to understand it's a talking, it's a hearing, it's a, a working together, a cooperation. And you need to believe that, yes, mere humans, just like you, are able to talk with God and to hear him. And we should be praying for that. We should be praying for the faith, for the experiences that we read about in the Bible. You see, they are put there for an example to us to show us the things that we can have. The, the New Testament with the Spirit and, and the visions and the miracles that God poured out in that time, we often look back and go, in the early church. No, in the church. Today's church as well. That was an example for us to show us the way that God should be moving in our lives, the way that he wants to. James 5 verse 17 says this about Elijah. Now we would think Elijah is this amazing prophet. Those of us who know, he's an Old Testament prophet. If you don't have a Bible, please grab one on the way out. There's some on the back table and have a look. Elijah was as human as we are and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Now what would we look at at that, that verse? We're going, wow, Elijah's amazing. He prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. 
What we often skip is that bit at the start. Elijah was as human as we are. (laughs) He was no better. He was no worse. He was as human as we are. And yet sometimes we disqualify ourselves from having amazing prayer lives, from amazing hearing God lives as well. Dallas Willard says, prayer is an honest exchange between people who are doing things together, partnering with God. When we want to hear God, we must decide we're going to love him with all our being. You see, love influences, and it's not about dictating. It's not about boss and slave. We start to listen differently if we understand this. Love God with all your heart. I'll tell you right now, if you love him with all your heart, you will suddenly get all these revelations, you will suddenly get all this knowledge and understand that you've never had before because communion leads communication. You know, as much as um, I could say I love my wife, if I never spend that time with her, I have no idea what her heart really is. And so us as Christians, we need to draw into that I don't say this because it's, I don't know who, whoever's life is whatever, but I'm just telling you this is true. If you love God and you seek him, you will hear him more clearly, guaranteed. John 15, verse 13 to 15 says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves. Because a master doesn't confide in his slaves, you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. Isn't that nice? They're the God of the universe, and and Jesus was talking about this, has now made us friends. We're not just slaves, we're friends. That There's this deeper relationship that's come through Christ where we are now in the family. In fact, we're brothers and sisters with Christ. But we also have to understand that if we're proud, if we have this false pride, it does prevent us hearing, but meekness will open our ears. Just because God is talking to you doesn't make you more righteous. This is another thing that sometimes we think, well, only the righteous people can hear God. It doesn't make you more righteous. God spoke to plenty of people throughout the Bible who were doing the wrong thing. He actually spoke to you when you were doing the wrong thing before you accepted Jesus, didn't he? So it's nothing to do with how righteous you are, it's to do with how righteous he is. To do with the relationship he wants with you, he's just saying come in to that relationship. It certainly doesn't always make you right either. God is infallible, absolutely, but as the as messenger he never gets it wrong, but sometimes we don't hear right. And we need to be, un- be aware of that. So how does he talk to us? Through his word. This is so basic, so obvious, right? You Christians sitting there, you're going, his word. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You cannot get away from it. You need to read the Bible, guys. It's not the be-all and end-all, but I can tell you right now, if you're through life, running, running through life, and you're asking, how do I do something, God, It's amazing how many times the scripture just goes bang, pops into your head. In fact, you don't even think about it after a while. You've read it and it's come into your heart 
and it guides you exactly what you need to know, what you need to say, how I'm meant to treat people. I don't need to ask God for so many things because he's already spoken through the Bible, through the word of God. The witness of the Holy Spirit and the voice of your spirit, what's the difference? Let's look at Romans 8.14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Your conscience speaks to you. And often we think, well, that's not valid, but it actually is, because whose spirit's joined to the Holy Spirit? Mine. And so there's often times when you're a Christian that you'll hear a, a quiet whisper. This is, this is the only way I can really explain it, but it's very quiet. It's like you get almost like an impression. I need to do this. I need to, whatever it might be, this is the right decision to make and you just get this impression as your spirit is speaking to you. Then there's other times, as I said before, there's very clear direction. Do this. What's the difference? I can only say you need to experience it. You need to push into God and you need to listen and take note of what is happening and how you're hearing. But it says here, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And God did give us his Spirit to speak to us. Paul on a ship to Rome said to the captain, I perceive that there's going to be trouble. It wasn't a message from an angel, it wasn't a blinding light, but there was something inside him I perceive. Later on in that story, an angel spoke. So in Acts 27, verse 10, this is what he said. Many said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives of well, as well. And the New King James says, I perceive. Have you ever had that and thought nothing of it? Almost guarantee each one of you has had this little thing in them. It just doesn't feel right. I shouldn't go there. I need to check on my kids something that you perceive. And the voice of the, the con- of the conscience that you get doesn't sound as authoritative. And again, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's really clear. It's just really clear. But you have to believe that he can speak to you. So Acts 10, 19 for that, the voice of the Holy Spirit authoritatively Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. That's specific, right? That's not an impression. That's a very clear word that God can give you. So we've got the word. We've got your spirit. You've got the Holy Spirit. Dreams and visions. This is something God wants us to have. We often sort of put this in a sidebar, but I can tell you people here that have had dreams. I can tell you people here that have had visions that God has given them. And some of you here today, well, I've never had them. Do you want them? Pray for them. They don't happen all the time. Most of how we're led is by the Spirit because why? Those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. This is the main way that we're led, the Spirit working in our life. But the Spirit works in your dreams and visions. I've had very clear dreams. I remember waking up even just the other day and God had connected two things together for me, just like that. I went to bed confused and I woke up totally, fully understanding what God was saying. 
And you know what? You should desire those things. Not so that you could be led by them because we're led by the Spirit, but the Spirit works through those things. And Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's part of how God guides. Angels. Acts 27, verse 22 and 23. But take courage. This is the same story with Paul. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night an angel of God, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Angels. We don't often see it and we need to understand that just because an angel visits us, it's not necessarily a God thing, but as Christians, most likely it is. I don't know if anyone here has seen an angel. It be lovely to hear that story. But you will know that it's from God because what, what will happen is what they've said. Words of knowledge and wisdom and prophecy. Another story in Acts 21, verse 4. We went ashore, found the local believers and stayed with them a week. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go on to Jerusalem. Prophecy can direct us and it's good. Now Paul disobeyed that prophecy, by the way, and ended up getting arrested. He said, well, I don't care. The prophecy came not from just one person, from a group. And we need to always test prophecy, guys. Because the main way we're going to be led is by the Spirit, but prophecy should come out and it should confirm something or it should be a word of God that you know is right. And a funny thing that I've also seen as I read through that, most prophecy is not one-on-one. It's usually a group of people, the elders or just people in the church. But it was not very often that someone pulled someone aside and said, hey, I've got a word from you, from God. Can I say be wary of those? Don't be suspicious of them all, but be wary because God usually works within people rather than a person. And he likes to reveal things openly, not in the dark. So if that happens to you, I'm not saying that it's wrong because I know I've done that with people. Hey, I just feel this. But you make sure if you're the hearer, the receiver, that you have a witness in your spirit because the main way we're led is by the Spirit of God and that it is confirmed. Make sure that it's not just someone telling you something. Because I could easily do that and say, you're meant to go to Africa. And if you haven't got a confirmation of that and you're not feeling like that's right, you better just hold on to that and just wait and see what God is saying. So it matters to us because we need to know God speaks to us in many different ways. God wants to speak to you, young people. God wants to speak to you. <laughs> I remember when I was young that, that we'd often ponder about who we should marry and you'd hear so many times the stories, oh, God told me I meant to marry her. Usually it's a bloke. <laughs> to be honest, there's a big scam most of the time. Boys desperate to, to win someone to date them, you know what I mean? Like, God told me we're going to get married. Pity that ten boys had already told her that before. Which one? There's manipulation really. But it started to stir up in me, I do want to hear from God. And as I dated and things like that, I could tell straight away if it was right or wrong. Probably after a few times you go, there's something wrong. The person's right, it's great, but there's something wrong inside. And young people, you need to listen to that voice if you want to avoid disaster. 
So I learned how to hear that voice as, as I was younger because I spent time in the Word, spent time praying, and I honestly wanted God to show me what was to come for my life. I believed in the Holy Spirit. I, I believed in the baptism of the Spirit. And you know on your inner self sometimes when things just aren't adding up. Don't push on. Don't push through because when you do, it will end up as a nightmare. Other times for me it was like I'd be cleaning at, at the school and a room I wasn't in, I'd be walking past and I was like, you need to check that door. Okay, check the door, it's unlocked and I'd lock it. Even to the point of this, our house that we're in now was due to be repainted before we got it back. It was blue. And I'd rung up and said, you know, can you paint it this other colour? No worries, all good, we'll let you know when they're painting. We're driving home, me and Joe one day, and I said, I need to go to the house. They were just opening the blue paint to paint my whole house blue again inside. Now that seems so little and insignificant, but what I'm trying to say is this, God worries about those things for you as well. <laughs> Have you ever had that? Where you're just like, I need to go somewhere, I need to do something, and you go there and it's just amazing. You're like, wow, I can't believe that. Those are little things. And they might even seem insignificant, and in many ways they are, but still... Learning to hear the voice allows you to hear those things because guess what? I arrived and the house is painted the colour I want. No trouble, no drama. But there's more important things than that in life. Like I could live with that for a little bit. But God's got this call for you and he wants to speak to you. He wants to direct your path in the way that you should go. He wants to give you the wisdom with your answers to someone who's, who's aggressively attacking you so that you can speak that quiet word that, that just quietens him down or her down. And so many of those things, like I said here, we know that the Proverbs says that a quiet answer turns away wrath. That's set in my heart so I know how to act in certain situations. And I don't always get it right, I've got to guarantee that. So what can you do to learn, learn to hear God this week? As always, read the word and pray. Young people, don't fool yourself into thinking that you don't need to do it. In fact, this time is probably one of the most dangerous times for kids that I've ever seen in my life. It's always been bad. I'll tell you now, the stuff that comes your way is so much greater than when I was a kid. We didn't have to see, we didn't have pornography delivered to us on this. If anyone wanted to do it, they'd have to go and get it. There were drugs, but they're more rampant now. It's almost common. It's not even bad. The way that, that people talk about sexual promiscuity and things like that, it's just normal. Young people, you are under attack. And you need to know that God wants to talk to you and he can talk to you. He loves to. But just make that decision to press into him and say, you know what, God, my life is yours because I can tell you right now, if you do, he will talk to you, guaranteed. Because I was young once and God talked to me. Read the word and pray. 
But I, by praying, I don't mean ask everything you want, but start this conversation with God. Let it be continual. Also, begin to write down impressions that you get, just to test them out. Because you like, you might be like, I don't know if this is me or God or, or both or what it is. Write it down. And then get the result from it and have a look. And even better than that, follow through on some of those impressions. And you know what is always good about God? Anything from the Spirit will always line up with his word. It will always line up with his word. And so you can be so sure when God is speaking to you because you go, if you're reading the word, guys, this is why it's important. It's like that standard. You know, I remember hearing the story of a guy who, who said, you know, God told me to go and marry this married woman and leave my wife for her. God told me. Now, anyone who knows the Bible would know that that's just not the spirit of God. That's the spirit of lust in that man's life. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your love is so real. I thank you, Lord, that you have made us all spiritual people by placing the Holy Spirit in us. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that this week we would open our ears and believe, could this possibly be true? Believe that it is, Father God. Open our ears, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.